Let's pray real quick before we jump in together. God, thank you so much for bringing us here again, bringing us from one year into a brand new year, 2022. And Lord, it's amazing. Lord, uh, just to be able to sing and reflect on your goodness in our life. And we're grateful to be here. Thank you, Lord, for both the old and the new faces that are here. And Lord, how you are going to work starting tonight throughout the rest of this semester, Lord, within our midst, our family. He wants you to know, God, that tonight you are welcome here. You, we ask, God, that you would have your way, Lord, in this place. In Jesus' name we do pray. And everyone said, amen. amen. Before you sit down, go and say what up to somebody, at least three people, and say happy new year to them. Happy new year, 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 happy new year. Thank you, sir. Happy New Year. Happy New Year. Good to see you guys. Well, Happy New Year. If I haven't had a chance to meet you yet, allow me to introduce myself. I'm, my name is Jay Sanders, and uh, I am a scrub, and anybody that uh, has been around me, they already know that. I'm a scrub, but I do have the privilege of leading this, this family, this ministry, and serving you guys who are here uh, that are part of the BCM. And I uh, uh, want you to know there's a couple of things we make a big deal about here in our family. We say that every week to remind you, we make a big deal about you, regardless of where you're from, regardless of your story, whether this is your first time, okay, or, or, or not, regardless of who you are, we want you to know that you are somebody because God says you are somebody. Can somebody say amen in the house? Amen. Yeah. Okay, I like that. All right, all right. So even if, you, if you're like, I got freckles, Jay, you're still somebody, all right? You're like, I got big ears or whatever. Listen, you are, you, you're somebody. And we are, man, grateful that you are here. We also make a big deal about one name. That is not the name of the BCM. Uh, and it's not the name of Jay Sanders. That would be terrible. We make a big deal about one name. We sing about him. We talk about him when we get together because he has changed many of our lives. And his name is Jesus. Somebody, come on, somebody make some noise in the house for Jesus. We aren't going to hoodwink you, okay? We aren't going to, like, you know, surprise you at the end and tell you, we're about Jesus. No, no, no. We want you to know way at the very beginning, okay, that uh, Jesus has changed many of our lives. For many of us that you see in this room, we are not the same people, okay, that we used to be because Jesus, he's changed our life. We believe if you give him the chance, he can change yours as well. He has enforced himself on you. So this is a free space for you to come, to investigate, to ask questions, but you need to know that he does have the ability to change your life. And we're not going to hide that. We're very excited about that. It's like me. I'm not going to hide the fact that I am an Ohio State fan, regardless of how you feel, okay? I grew up in Ohio, love Ohio State. And uh, if you are from Michigan, I'm definitely praying for you, okay, for sure. But uh, even more than that, we want to make a big deal about the name of Jesus. We also make a big deal about one more thing, 
And that is the book we're going to spend time in every single week when we get together. And that is the Word of God. Anybody love the Word of God in the house tonight? Yes, indeed. So we want to spend time in the Word. Well, hopefully you've had a great uh, Christmas break and, and New Year's, had a good time. How many of you just slept in over break? Like you just took the time to sleep in and saw family and didn't worry about exams or any of those things. Hopefully it was great for you. I got some time to man, spend with my family and uh, with our, our five-year-old, with our new twins who are now five months, which is crazy, and uh, with my wife. We had a great time together. Had a good time too, man. I had some days, let me be honest with you, honestly, I had a couple of days where I just stayed in my PJs all day long. That's right. Don't judge me. I loved it. Even if you do judge me, I don't care. I still had a great time in it, all right? And we had a good time as well, sitting back, watching some good movies. Speaking of good movies, I don't know about you, but how many of you love to watch a good movie? Anybody in the house today love to watch a good movie? One of those movies, like, first of all, we have, like, a big at least for me, a uh, big old bowl of, uh, of popcorn and, and with a whole lot of butter and, and some salt. You're like, Jay, you're going to get diabetes? I'm going to die anyway. It doesn't really matter. You know what I mean? And, and, uh, and, uh, and my, man, some, some, some M&Ms if I can. And I just, I love to have that with a good movie. I know it's a good movie when I'm not thinking about the time. You know what I'm saying? Like, I'm just lost in the movie. Let's just talk for a minute. How many of you, what is it? What's one of those movies for you? Just shout it out. What's a good movie for you? What? Marvel. There you go. Anybody else? Shout it out. Shout it out. Good movie for you. It's a wonderful life. Okay. What else? Come on. Shout it out. Another good movie for you. Nacho Libre. There you go. (laughs) What's another good one for you? Like, Jay, I could watch this one again and again and again. What? Madagascar? Okay. There you go. There you go. You got some lovers for that one. This isn't class. Shout it out. I don't even know what. What? Igato? Encanto. Got you, got you, got you, got you, got you. Yes. Yes. <laughs> got you. What else? What else? What else would you say? What? 1917. I've never seen that before. Should I watch it? Okay. Ice Age? I'm surprised no one said Frozen, but there you go, you know. Uh, you know. Or maybe there's some movies you... You love to watch, but you know you can't say it here because this is a this is a Christ Center place. You know you're like, yeah, I better not say that one because they, they might put me out of here. You know, so that's why some of y'all are really quiet. You're like, don't call on me. Don't call on me, right? Hey, some of those movies for me that I could watch again and again. I don't know if you heard of them. One would be Home Alone, definitely for sure. Okay, especially around Christmas time, the original Home Alones. Okay, so because the more that it goes, I'm like, I can't get down with this. You know what I'm saying? But another one for me would be uh, Lion King. Again, the original. Okay, these are some classics. But I can watch him, okay, again and again. I don't know. I asked my wife. I was like, I don't know if, uh, if my folks here at the BCM would know about this one because this is definitely an oldie but goodie. But uh, anybody down with Sister Act? Might know Sister Act? You know it all? Okay. There we go. Yes, a classic. Okay. Yes. Okay. Never heard of it? Go and watch it. Okay. All right. So there you go. But it's a, it's a good one. I love so I can watch that one again and again. That's another movie that comes to mind. But instead of me saying it, I thought maybe if you just watch this clip real quick, and then you tell me if you know what this movie is. You ready? Go ahead and play it real quick. I'm just enjoying watching him run like that. That's amazing. Is that Thomas? Thomas, our intern? Is that Thomas running like that? No. What movie is that? Forrest Gump. Forrest Gump. Finish the line. Life is like? You never know what you're going to get. Yes, yes, yes. Classic movie, classic movie. I'm surprised 
I was about y'all knew that, but that's good. Y'all are good. They are good. So, uh, first of all, Forrest, I'm not going to go through the whole storyline. You can watch it on your own in your free time. But this dude, as you can see, he loved running, and he looked pretty young then, and we're going to actually come back to another part at the very end, okay, tonight. So just keep that imagery in mind. He got this idea that he would run one day. He just felt like running, he said, right? And he literally ran pretty much across America. And I'm pretty sure, I don't know why I said it that way, America. <laughs> America, okay? He pretty much ran across America, and uh, it took him like three years, I think it was, to get across America pretty crazy. Do we have any runners in the house? Anybody that love to run? Okay, yes. We don't understand you, Okay. How many like me in the house makes noise you like Jay? I can't stand running, okay? Yes, 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 yes. How many like me you're like, I know I need to run. Usually when I run, I don't regret it, but I just don't enjoy it. Anybody like that here in the house? Okay, that's good. Yes, yes, yes. I get you. I get you. You know? Now, here's the deal. Here's the deal. Whether, whether you love to run, and I can tell in this family, there's only a couple of you that are like that. You're weird, Okay. But whether you love to run, okay, or not, here is the deal. You may not know this, but we all do run. Every one of us. You're like, what? You don't know me. I'm new here. I don't run. Oh, yes, you do. You say, I don't run. I'm about to leave. Okay, run. No, just kidding. No, just kidding. Just kidding. Don't leave. Don't leave. Don't leave. You say, I don't run. We all run on some level. We all run. Somebody shout the word run. run. Don't literally run. Okay, that'd be kind of funny if you guys got, got up and ran out. <laughs> come back, come back. No, no. On some level, we all run. You say run to, run from what? We all on some level, on a spiritual level, run from God. Each and every one of us in here, starting with this brother first, okay, this, this scrub, Jay Sanders, we all run on some level. We run from God relationally in terms of our pursuits and our priorities. And tonight, specifically, and over the, actually the, the next several weeks, and not just the next several weeks, actually throughout the spring semester, we're going to look at a guy who we're just, we're calling a runaway man. His name was Jonah. Say Jonah. No, say it again. Say it like it has some flavor. Say Jonah. I like that. There you go. Tonight, throughout the spring semester, we're going to soak in the book of Jonah. We're going to do something different this semester in our family. This is kind of our large group time where we meet together, okay? And we're going to walk through the book of Jonah. We're going to have some times we're going to take some breaks. We have some guests coming in, some real special things planned this semester here in midweek. So you don't want to miss any of them, okay, if you possibly can. The other thing, though, is, is that we also have smaller groups throughout the semester, which you're going to hear more about. You're going to have an opportunity to really connect with, and they are called our family groups. How many of you love family groups in the house? Yeah. So it's a great place for you to receive, man, some care and connection and just to get to know some folks a little bit better. And in our family groups this semester, we're going to talk about what we are discussing here on Thursday nights. So on Thursday night, we'll talk about Jonah, and in your family groups, you will have the time as well to dialogue, talk about what you're learning from this book. The book of Jonah is in the Old Testament. If you don't know this, the, the God's Word, it is it's split up kind of in two, okay? There's 66 books, and in one section, there is the Old Testament, and in the other section, there is a New Testament. And the book of Jonah is in the Old Testament. It is considered a minor prophet, say minor prophet. Okay, there you go. So if you're like, you're new here, 
wants me to talk to him? Yes. If you talk to me, we'll get through this faster, okay? Minor prophet. There you go. There you go. Like, let's go. Let's go. Let's go. Now, you may ask, why is it minor? Does that mean it's less of a word from a major prophet? No. The only difference between a major and minor prophet are just the length of the books. That's it, okay? So even if you weren't raised, by the way, around church or around Christianity, you probably know something about the book of Jonah. In fact, let's talk for a moment. What is that one thing that comes to your mind when you think about the book of Jonah? Shout it out. What is it? The whale. The whale. I knew you were going to say that. I knew you were going to say that. Now, there's one person here that's like, they know, they know their Bible. They say, the fish. But the rest of y'all, y'all don't know it. You said, the whale. Now, I want to share something this evening just to prove how diluted the book of Jonah has become. It's become so diluted that when we think about Jonah and I say, what comes to your mind? You go, the well. That was me to say that. FYI, the well is actually not mentioned in the book of Jonah. You say it isn't mine. You better go take that Bible back, okay? <laughs> maybe in Veggie Tales, okay? But, uh, or maybe in the message version. I don't know. I'm just kidding. <laughs> But the, the, the well is not mentioned. In fact, when we hear about this city, that, that Jonah, this evil city that Jonah was supposed to go and preach called Nineveh, that word, Nineveh, is actually mentioned a lot of times here in the book, in the book of Jonah. There's only four chapters, 48 verses. Four chapters, 48 verses, but there's some jam-packed biblical lessons we're going to find in this here is what you're going to find out when it comes to Nineveh. It is only mentioned nine times in only 48 verses. Then there's something that's called, the Bible says, the great fish. And one person here said, fish! I guess our Bible says the same thing. Great fish, the great fish is only mentioned four times. Four times! Yet for some reason, what reigns supreme in our mind when we hear about the book of Jonah is a well. That's interesting to me. But do you know how much Jonah actually points to God out of 48 verses? You know how many? You know how much? How many times man, God is mentioned here? 38 times. What should that tell you and I then? Is it about Jonah? Is Jonah the main character? Nah. Is this great well, great fish, the main thing? No. You know who the main thing is? In the book of Jonah, it's God. Somebody say God. Oh, it's God. And here's what I want us to do as a family as we walk through the book of Jonah. We don't want to think well when we think of the book of Jonah. We want to think God. When we think of the book of Jonah, I want us to think, man, God. And here's what this beautiful story unfolds. Here's how it unfolds. Here's just a, a spark note for us tonight. You ready for it? It'll be on the screen. Jonah running from God. God pursuing Jonah. Jonah running from God. God pursuing Jonah. Jonah running from God. God pursuing Jonah. Jonah. Kevin, I loved 
man watching you brag on God through your testimony. Did y'all enjoy that from, from Kevin tonight? And to, you know what? You know what Kevin basically said in, in his testimony tonight? God pursued Kevin, and Kevin stopped running. God pursued Kevin, and Kevin stopped running. That is some of your testimonies. That's some of your stories in this room as well. God pursued you at some point in your life, and you stopped running. Maybe that'll be some of your story for the first time here tonight. You see, this beautiful picture of God pursuit over man who is so rebellious, whose name is Jonah, he is full of disobedience. This book is not about a well. It is about a loving and merciful God. And every single person in this room has some Jonah on the inside of them. Every single one of us. Starting with Jay Sanders first, we all have some Jonah on the inside of us. You may not believe that and you may not even like that statement, but every single person in this room has some Jonah in them. In fact, turn to your neighbor, to your right and to your left and say, just say, hey Jonah, hey Jonah, hey Jonah. Now there's a, there's a debate, by the way, about the book of Jonah. Some of you guys are incredible debaters in the room. You love to debate. Like, that is your thing. You're like, oh, debate club, put me on it because I'm ready to win, okay? There is a debate about this book. I thought this was interesting. Some say that this is a historical narrative, that it, it, is, it really happened. It is this, this scripture that we're about to read here tonight and over the next couple of weeks throughout the spring semester, it really happened in its historical form. Then there's others who would say it's really a parable. It really didn't happen. But there are some biblical principles that we could pull from the book of Jonah. Whether you believe it really happened, whether you believe it is real, whether you believe it's a parable or not, doesn't matter what you sit on. Here's what you need to know. The character of God that is put on display here in the book of Jonah from the beginning to the end, it exposes the timeless character of God. That is real. That is who we're going to see time and time and time and time and time and time again. I don't know about you, but I'm pretty excited about walking through this book this semester. I left today. My wife looked at me. She was like, you're excited, aren't you? I said, oh, yes. Oh, I'm excited. I'm excited. I'm excited to see what God's going to do throughout this journey as we walk through it, not just in your heart, but in mine's first. So, we're only going to look at three verses tonight because y'all don't want to be here all night long, okay? So we're going to look at three verses tonight really quickly, so you got to stick with me. Here's what it says in Jonah chapter 1, verse 1 through 3. It says this, Now the word of the Lord came to Jonah, the son of Amittai, saying, Arise, say arise, Say it again. Say, arise. There you go. Go to Nineveh, that great city, and cry out against it. For their wickedness has come up before me. There has to be a lot of wickedness for it to reach God like that. But then it says in, in verse 3, But Jonah arose to flee to Tarshish from the presence of the Lord. He went down to Joppa. Say, Joppa and found a ship 
going to Tarshish. So he paid the fare. And he went down into it. What was it? What was it? A boat, a ship. You're like, one of them, one of them. <laughs> yes. To go with them to Tarshish from the presence of the Lord. Here's what I want us to do real quick for context, context's sake. I want us to look at the first few words, the first few sentences. I want us just to highlight a couple of things tonight. It's just intro, okay? And then I'll give us a bottom line for tonight. We'll pray and we'll be finished. A couple of things I want us to just look at real quick. I want to call it a couple of things. First of all, in my Bible, it starts off this way. It says, now the word of the Lord, the word of the Lord came to Jonah. There you say, the word of the Lord. Okay, that's cool. He, he heard from God. Do we still hear from God in 2022? Does God still speak? How many would say, yes, I believe God still speaks in this new year, 2022? Come on, raise your hand or make some noise in the house. Yes. You say, I've, I've, never, I've never heard from God before. Open your Bible and read it. You've heard from God. Tonight, as we've opened up God's Word and we're reading through it, we are hearing, not from some scrub, we're hearing, man, the Word of God, the Word of the Lord. It said, it came to Jonah, but guess what? It comes to us as well. God still talks to us through the Bible, through prayer, through circumstances. Some of you are going through some incredibly, man, difficult things right now. God, He speaks even there. Through community through the community of, 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 of faith, man, believers. That's why it's so important. We would encourage you, do not do your college experience alone. Tonight, you're going to have the opportunity, man, to sign up for family groups. Don't hesitate. Don't say, oh, man, but I don't know anybody. You'll get to know somebody. We got some friendly people around here. Don't do life alone. Somebody say amen in the house. Amen. Get signed up. God also speaks to our local church. By the way, the BCM is not a local church. This is not a local church, but we have some phenomenal ones. And if you don't know of any, seriously, come talk to me. I would love to point you, okay, man, to some incredible churches that are connected with the BCM. How many of you go to an incredible local church? Come on, make some noise for your church in the house, okay? You see these people? You can talk to them. Okay, the word of the Lord comes to Jonah. But it comes to us as well. Through God's word, through prayer, through circumstances, through the community of believers, through the local church. And here's what it says about Jonah. Here's what you need to know about Jonah. Jonah is known as the reluctant prophet. If you're taking notes, you can just kind of write that down. Jonah is known as the reluctant prophet. You say, by who? Thanks for asking. By scholars. Scholars say that I mean, he was a reluctant prophet. When God says go, Jonah says what? No, uh-uh, not me. I'm not going. I know you're not talking to me, God. That's my version, okay? He simply says no. He says no through his actions. And instead of going where God says, he runs in the opposite direction. I think it is interesting that years later, Jonah is known as the reluctant prophet. Because most of this dude's life, he probably did what was right, except for at this moment right here. And now, here we are, standing here, we're studying this Bible, and I'm telling you, he's known as reluctant prophet. 
He was told to go and preach in a popular message to a hostile group of people. Jonah was afraid. Jonah had some issues with these people, and we'll get more into that later. There were some things he really didn't want God to do for the people of Nineveh. So now we know him as this reluctant prophet from that one time. I want to talk about you. Remember, because there's some Jonah inside of every one of us here. Have you ever felt like your life has been forever marked by that one time? That one stupid mistake that you made? Like things are going well before that one time, that one relationship. Don't look around at her, okay, in the room, all right? And don't look around at him, okay, in the room. That one relationship you knew you weren't supposed to be in, but you got in it anyway, and it took you far, far, far away from God. And now, every time people see you, they identify you with that relationship. That one thing. That one party you should have never attended, but you went. You're like, I'm bored. I got invited. I might as well go. And it was a disaster. And, and all chaos broke out there, and people know you were there, and you're known, man, for that one thing, that one lapse in judgment, that one thing that you said that you should have never said. That definitely has happened to me. <laughs> Words get out of my mouth that I can't get back, and you get known for that one thing. How many of you can think of that one thing in your life? Come on, raise your hand. You had to tell anybody about it? Be like, I can think of at least one thing. Maybe you're like, it's more than one thing in my life, Jay. I get you. I get you. Jonah was a reluctant prophet. Here's what Jonah's name means, by the way. It means dove. It means dove. You can find a dove, by the way, in many portions of Scripture. In Genesis chapter 6, uh, do we have a Jonah that is here tonight? Do we have a Jonah that's here in the house? Hey, Jonah. Jonah in the Bible is different from this Jonah right here, okay? I'm just letting you know, all right? This is not the same Jonah, okay, we're talking about. But this is good news right here, though. Jonah's name means dove. You can find a dove in many portions. In Genesis chapter 6, God sends a flood. You remember hearing about that story? God sends a flood. He makes a covenant with Noah and with his family. The flood seeds. It's a dove that he sends out of the ark. Doug has an olive leaf in its beak, and a, it is a sign of restoration, of renewal, and new life. And the olive branch, the olive branch was a symbol of peace. Another time that the dove is mentioned is in Matthew chapter 3, verse 16. You can just mark it and read it later, but it says this. When he had been baptized, he being Jesus, came up immediately from the water. And behold, the heavens were opened to him, and he saw the Spirit of God descending like a dove and alighting upon him. Dove, dove, dove means spirit and peace. It is a symbol of God's unbroken covenant with his I don't know about you, but that, that certainly encourages me. I've been going through this chronological study in my own quiet time every single day, and I've just been, been so encouraged how when God makes a covenant with his people, he doesn't break it. When God says he's going to do something, he's going to follow through with it. Aren't you grateful for that? Anybody grateful for that? That God stays true, man, to his word. You can put your hands together for that for sure in the house. Another, another man name that's mentioned here, real quickly, is the name Amittai. Who was Amittai? Well, Amittai was Jonah's father. I was going to say baby daddy. But <laughs> Amittai was, was Jonah's father. 
And Amittai's name means truth. I want you to follow me. I want you to follow me because this is all man, connecting. This is pretty amazing as you get this. You're just building. One thing is building on another. God is, he, he was not trying to get a word count goal. He wasn't trying to hit a word count goal when he put scripture together. There was a very specific purpose for everything that he put in, in, in the word of God. No, Amittai is Jonah's father, and Jonah is a prophet of God, empowered by the Spirit of God, sent by God with an unpopular message to preach to a hostile people, and he is the descendant of truth. Jonah is the descendant of truth. He is called to speak what? He is called to speak what? Truth. Jonah, you can say it this way, the son of truth. Jonah, the son of truth, is led by the Spirit of God. He's compelled, man, to, to go. He's commanded to go to Nineveh, the capital of Assyria. And here's the other word you see, at least in my scripture here, it says this, arise and go. Arise and go are imperative words. You know what an imperative word is? You're like, Jay, I don't want to think about grammar. None of that right now, okay? I'll think about it for you. And an imperative where it expresses a command, a request, or strong encouragement. And God, when he sent his word, he said, arise and go, Jonah. Go to Nineveh. And here are three things you will normally see throughout Scripture. I don't want you to miss this. God calls. Man responds. God responds. God calls. Man responds. God responds. You see it again and again and again and again throughout the word of God. God calls, man responds, God responds. And God's response is always determined by man's response. It's interesting. God's response depends on how you respond to God. God calls, man responds, God responds. Nineveh. Nineveh was the capital of Assyria. And it was Israel's worst enemy. Capital. You see it up there. Capital. Enemy. Where was Jonah from? Where was he from? Israel. He certainly was not from Nineveh. And he had a good reason, by the way, for the people in Nineveh to be his enemy. Nineveh was absolutely hated. The Syrian empire was legendary for their barbaric ways. These were some rough and tough and wicked people. They figured out how to skin a person and keep them alive for a long time. That is wicked. They enjoyed creating terror. God called Jonah to the moral enemies of his people. But God has a heart. God has a heart for the Ninevites. And so he sends Jonah to show them his grace. God said, go. Jonah said, no. I'm not going. I know some things about you, God. I know you're forgiving and gracious and you're merciful. But those are my enemies. And I would not want them to experience your grace and your mercy. Can you think of someone like that in your own heart and mind today? That is 
an enemy? They come to your mind. You're like, I, I, God, I know you forgive and you're gracious and you're kind, but skip over that person. Skip over that person. Jonah ran away to Tarshish, which was 2,500 miles away from Joppa, when Nineveh was only 550 miles away. Jonah, or Jonah, he took the long route away from God. Jonah just didn't want to follow what God had told him to do, and so he, like Forrest Gump did, he ran. I just kept running. Can I ask you a question real quickly tonight? We're not going to be here for long, and I want you to stick with me tonight. Where is it in your life that you're running? Because there is some Jonah in all of us here in the room. Where is it in your life that you are unwilling to do what God is telling you to do? Maybe it's surrender your life to him and trusting him as your personal savior. Maybe it's surrendering to a full-time call to ministry. You may think I'm crazy, but I think that there are some young women and some young men in this room who God has a calling on your life to full-time ministry, but you are kind of like Jonah. You are reluctant. You say, God, me? Do you know me? Uh Uh-huh. Uh-uh, not me. You're not calling me to ministry. Maybe you're even here, and you know, you're like, man, I don't want to change my degree. I'm here. I'm investing. But you know, God has put it in your heart. He is calling you to full-time ministry. You go to sleep at night, you think about it. You wake up, and you're like, it's a new day, and you're thinking about it. It's there on your conscience. It's there on your heart, and it's there on your mind. And you want to know, you may be mad at me, but one of the things I'm praying for throughout this series is that God would call out the called. Not just out there somewhere, but from right here within our ministry. That God would call the called young women and young men in our ministry who would say, you know what, God, I'm going to stop running. I'll surrender to you. Maybe you're called to be a, a, a missionary, not just here locally, but globally somewhere. Maybe, maybe you've been running away from sharing the gospel with your roommate or your coworker or your family member. Where is it in your life that you are unwilling to do what God is calling you to do? I'll be the first one to admit there have been a lot of times in my life where I have been reluctant where I didn't want to do what God man, called me to do. Maybe it's to forgive someone. Maybe it's someone, maybe it's your enemy that you don't want to forgive, and God is saying, you need to lay it down. How could someone who has been forgiven of much not forgive? Maybe, maybe it is a call to get out of that relationship that you're in, because you know if you stay in it, you're going to remain broke, busted, and disgusted. Get out of it. Maybe he's calling you to get some help from a mentor, a spiritual leader, a pastor, a godly lady in your church, maybe a counselor, a biblical counselor. Maybe he is calling you to plug into that church. You say, it doesn't make any sense. I know God's calling me to do this. You better obey. Because when we don't obey, things end up broken in our life. Here's the next thing. So he paid a fare. Jonah, he paid a fare to get up on this ship. And this is what I thought to myself when, when I saw this in Scripture, is this, Jonah paid the fare to live in disobedience to God. But the same is true about us. You may not be paying to get on a ship, but maybe you're paying for something else. Some things that you, some unthinkable things that you wouldn't even want to share out loud. This is something we should know about sin. It will always cost you and me. It will cost Sin is very expensive. Sometimes businesses will promise a product or service right now. You can get it right now with no payments. Don't you believe them? 
If someone tells you, listen, you can get this right now, you won't have to pay, they are lying to you. Or they'll say, listen, you can get it right now, but you can pay it later, like school loans, right? Oh, get a loan. You can pay it later. Don't do it. If you can afford to do it, don't do it. We love this because it seems as though we are getting something free, but payday will come. You listen to me. Somebody that's here in this room tonight, you need to hear this. You are wallowing. You are drowning in your sin, and you are okay with it because it feels really good. Let's just be honest. Sin, if it didn't feel good, we wouldn't do it, and it feels really good for you, and you have not experienced the judgment of God in your life right now. So you're thinking, I'm I'm getting away with it. I'm good. It will eventually cost you. Sin will always cost you. You say, Jay, how do you know that? Because I've experienced it before in my life. I've experienced it before in my life. There's a guy named Adam in Scripture. Have you ever heard of him before? He's the first dude that was ever created. Adam's sin cost him him paradise. David's sin cost him his family and reputation. Samson's sin ultimately cost him his life. Sin will always cost you. And I know we want to be encouraged and happy and, yay, go, 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 go. That's great. But we also need to hear the truth. Because Scripture says, Scripture says, Jay didn't say this, the truth will set you what? It will set you free. So if you're all bound up, you're feeling paralyzed in your life, you feel like you can't move, maybe it's because you need to let the truth penetrate your heart and your life. Here's the last thing we'll say tonight, and I'll be finished. You say, praise the Lord. I love y'all. Jonah fled. He was a good runner. At least he thought. He thought he was so good that he could flee from the presence of the Lord. Now, how dumb can you get? Now, we laugh, but the truth is, I can't tell, but God knows. You've been, you were singing the songs today. You got your Bible out. You're looking all spiritual, but you may be running as well. And you're thinking you can run from God. Aria, who's five years old, she loves to play hide and seek. And I love to play it with her. You know why? Because I know every single inch in our house. Everyone. And you know why I also love to play hide and seek with her? Because she always hides in the most obvious places. She's like, Daddy, I'm going to go hide. I'm like, okay, go for it. She's counting. She's like, count slower. I'm like, five, four, three, two, one. She's there in the living room. Right there in the living room, there's nothing to hide under. She's up against the couch. She's like, (laughs) you don't see me. I'm just laughing. She's enjoying it. But you know what? I see her right there. She's thinking she's hiding from me. But the same is true for us. We run heart level. We think, (laughs) you don't see me, God. You don't see me. I go to family groups, and I just, man, I, I know how to talk spiritual. <laughs> but they don't realize I'm running for God. No, no, no. God sees. The Bible says he's omnipresent. You know what that means? He's everywhere. You're like, that freaks me out. I'm sorry. <laughs> it's the grace of God that he's everywhere. He sees all. He knows all. And Jonah demonstrated his foolishness by thinking he could escape God. 
Psalm 139, 7 and 10 says, the psalmist says, where can I go from your spirit? This is not Jonah. This is the psalmist who says, where can I go from your spirit? Where can I flee from your presence? If I go up into the heavens, you are there. If I make my bed in the depths, you are there. You are there. If I rise on the wings of the dawn, if I settle on the far side of the sea, even there your hand will guide me. Your right hand will hold me fast. She's like, man, he's yelling. I'm sorry. I just get passionate. I just get passionate about the word of God because I know it has the ability to set you free. We can't escape from God. By the way, this is the bottom line for us tonight. It's just one thing I want you to really, man, wrestle with and think about. Not only tonight, but in your family groups next week. And just mull over this. You can run from God. Thank you. You can run from God, but you can't outrun God. You can run from God. You may be the fastest runner here in this room, but you can't outrun God. Remember Forrest Gump. Oh, he ran. He ran and ran and ran until he couldn't run anymore. In fact, before we end, let's end where we begin. Watch this clip. Anyway, like I was saying, I had a lot of company. My mom always said, you got to put the past behind you before you can move on. And I think that's what my running was all about. I had run for three years, two months, 14 days, and 16 hours. Quiet, quiet, he's gonna say something. <laughs> I'm pretty tired. Think I'll go home now. Now what are we supposed to do? And just like that, my running days was over. And just like that, my running days were over. You tired of running? Because we all have a little Jonah on the inside of us. You see how old and busted up and tired he looked? You look young on the outside, but for some of you, spiritually, your soul is like that. Because you've been running. He said, my running days were over. And I just wonder, maybe tonight some of you would say, I'm ready for my running days to be over. God, I won't flee from you. I realize I can't anyway. I'm tired of running. I'm ready to come home. And home, real home, is found in Christ. That is what this ministry is about, by the way. Knowing Jesus and making him known on this campus.
and we're going to do it with all that we've got. To plead with people on this campus, near and far, come back to God. No matter how far you run, his mercy is more. You say, Jay, but I've run to some dark places. I've done some crazy things. His mercy is more for you. There's never a hole that is too deep where God's grace cannot reach you. My running days are over. Just bow your head and close your eyes.